3: And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We welcome you all to a roll to cast RPG podcast in the world of Starfinder by Paizo Incorporated. Starring... Ellen Graham as Arda Prime, Christopher Bond as Zahak, Phil Harker-Smith as Klink and Karma Duffield as Pinch. Story, GMing and additional rules by Sean Fleurl. Design by Jack Sumner. Music by Paul Goodman. This is Among the Dust. Welcome, everybody, to Roll to Cast, a weekly TTRPG podcast filled with trained actors, original stories, original music, where we explore a different TTRPG game every season. It is Season 8 Starfinder time! Woo! Pew
1: pew, oh, pew, 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 pew! <laughs> Oh I... no, the lasers are out. <laughs> uh,
3: for those, the uninitiated, uh, my name is Sean and I am joined by...
2: I'm Ellen.
3: I am Phil. I'm Chris.
2: <gasps> and <gasps> I'm Karma. Yay! Yay! <laughs>
3: joining Joining the uh, very exclusive club of um, guest performers here on Roll to Cast. That's have... right.
1: There's only been three no. prior, so...
3: So we have, we have a, a Karma, a singular Karma.
1: Just one. Who
3: is... <laughs> Who has joined the fray and is going to be our, our fourth player here on this year podcast. Yes.
1: Excellent. I'm very um, excited to have him.
3: This is this is an interesting moment for myself because this is exactly two years to the possible podcast date that episode zero for Ambrosia Island hit.
1: All oh, right, wow. it's Exactly
3: two huh. years. Since I love
1: how you said possible podcast possible. dates. Yes, <laughs> because it's,
3: when this drops here, you go, here's my thinking. When this oh, drops, okay. it'll be the 20th. I think. No, the 18th. And Ambrosia Island was on the 20th. So, yeah, so okay. it's about as, as, yeah. so as,
4: yeah. as, yeah. yeah. as
0: close as you can get. As close as you can get.
1: I just love the addendum of probably. Probably. It goes, any day it could be <laughs> the two year anniversary. <laughs> just
3: so someone is going, ah, it's actually a different day. Yeah.
4: I, I'd love that if Don't. our fans got in the Discord and were like, no, Sean, you're wrong. You're <laughs> if our fans
1: want to keep track of our personal calendars, that would be absolutely fine. By personal me.
2: movements and. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's
0: right. Yeah. What's that drone doing? Why is it following us? <laughs> we did say we, they should start a wiki about yes, all our seasoning characters. Yes, there, there has been discussion about a
4: wiki for all the characters that have come before. But what are we doing well, now, Sean? Because I saw a star, I looked at it, and it hurt my eyes. You did? Uh, well, <laughs> I went outside, Was Ellen. It the
2: sun?
3: Yes. Oh. Well, there are two things that I can reveal. First of all, to our listeners, uh, which is going to be um, where you can find us and where we are. Because... We'll see what happens in Twitter land. But uh, mm. as as Chris, you've alluded to, we have a Discord. So we have the yes. roll to cast R-O-L-E Discord. You can find the link in the show notes of this here very podcast or whatever podcast here you're using. We have an Instagram, roll to cast We <laughs> maybe have a Twitter. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you want to keep up to date, if you want to be talking with like-minded individuals on anything TTRPG, pop culture, or just a picture of your dog, <laughs> um, then jump on and we're on there as well. And we chat. And you can find out things regularly, such as what game we're playing early.
1: And if you are a patron on that Discord, yes. you can you can find out all sorts of little secrets before they're announced to the public. So mm-hmm. uh, get in there.
3: But more to the point, Chris, you bring up a good point. We are playing Starfinder, and the first thing I will reveal <gasps> to everyone is the campaign name. Ooh. If you've clicked Star on Starfinder,
1: I barely know it. You
3: know it. <laughs> You know it if you've clicked, but my four players do not. We do not. It is called Starfinder Among the Dust.
1: Oh,
2: that's nice. I, I like nice. that a
1: lot. Among yeah.
4: Us. Uh. Among
1: <laughs> the dust. Oh,
2: <no>. That's pretty <laughs> sus. Oh, no. Someone's He's, gonna get someone
4: sus. He's on on among the dust.
3: I love it. I, I, so I came up with it, and I was very proud of myself.
1: Yeah, it's a good you be.
2: title.
3: It's yeah. a good title. I, I, I googled it. it. I don't think it exists. So I'm the first.
2: Woo. Um, <laughs> the first yes. to string those three words together. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I'll have a bit of a talk about how this game came to pass because it was actually about two years ago. I'm obsessed with the world of Starfinder. I was brought into it by listening to a podcast called Android and Aliens, which is done by the Glass Cannon podcast, and I just became infatuated and obsessed with Starfinder the world, and it kind of fits my uh, usual um, adherence to games that are clunky and are well beyond my usual reach. Ah,
1: the Sean Fleur special. Yes.
3: (laughs) Always reaching. (laughs) And Chris actually yes. for Christmas um, gave Christmas. me Christmas. Your, your birthday, I thought. Was it my birthday? Yeah, it was your birthday. Oh, birthday. Got yeah. me the core rule book. Yes. Basically, it was like run it, do it, do it. Do it if you want to do it. Do, do enjoy it, do it. Go on. So two years later <laughs> yeah. Yeah, two, two, That's two, how long two years it took later. him
0: to learn the game Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. And even then we'll see <laughs> <laughs> But yeah So I thought You know what Like it's I've been given a gift And I should play it And I've been wanting to play it For the longest time And since Ambrosia Island I've now I, I, It's funny I was listening to Ambrosia Island and in, in episode zero Where I said The only thing I've DM'd so far Is a one shot For Phil in a D&D campaign And that's all I'd done at that point mm. So two years since I've run an entire D&D campaign Now I've got a casual stuff starfinder group now as well who are they i know (laughs) (laughs) that we played one session one session of Starfinder, and so now
1: nothing to you right no never okay (laughs) why would it
3: and so this is what we're going to be doing we're going to be playing starfinder basically for the first time so what i'll do first off is we'll just quickly go around the table and we're just going to say who you're playing just a name and the race and actually let's go with the class as well Mm -hmm. why not so race Class and your character's name Do just as a like bit of a where we're from or you know what yeah where have, we're have, from? Have, a, have a bit yeah. of like a, a little bit of a brief so we can introduce uh, our people and then we'll go into the world itself and influence yeah okay. so, yeah. so a
1: teeny brief Yes, yeah. just,
3: just yeah. the basics yeah. just, just a little bite yeah um, so I'll start with same same round the table let's start with our our dear Ellen
1: hello well I'm Ellen and I will be playing Arda Prime who is an android technomancer from Absalom Station excellent yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, I am playing a uh, Clivic or Clink. He is a Shirin. Shirin love the nicknames that they get given by other races because they're very communal. I'm a mechanic, uh, and I have a friend. My one of the options is you either get a little AI or a bot. I went for the bot because it's really cool. Because of course, yes, because yes. it's cool. <laughs> uh, and his name is. Dex, Dex. Oh. Yes uh, Klink is also from Absalom Station Grew up on the Spike And spent a lot of time in Bot Scrap And just for, nice. for
3: those who are unfamiliar with Starfinder What is, what in the world is a Shirin?
0: A Shirin is an insect race uh, Well, the Shirin are an insect race They are A bug boy, yeah <laughs> So they originally were from a giant ravenous swarm That the Pack Worlds fought off at one point uh, but they mutated away from the swarm to have their own individuality and free will, which they're now addicted to. Hey.
1: Yep. Addicted to free will. Can't get enough of that yeah, pesky free will. They're
0: addicted to choice itself. Freemason choice. They're also <laughs> telepathic uh, because their mandibles can't make comprehensible sounds. <laughs> I was going to say, can Sheeran's talk? Can they as well? They can make... Insect noises are great. <laughs> I, I'm sure
2: they understand each other, yes. but no one else would. Yes.
1: Yeah. This might be, I'll, I might ask a further question about that telethop- telepathy later on. Yeah, I'm interested if it's a full two way street or whether it's just like, I can't use words. So now I have to. I beam words directly into your brain, or is it fully uh, so, two way?
3: So Phil, Phil can 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 thought speak to you. Yes, excellent. Um, it's but you style. cannot thought speak to the him.
1: Ah, animal
0: style. Yeah, I, I have to use my my ears to <laughs> <laughs> to, to your listen, which you have. <laughs> I have ears and antennae. Woo! Um,
4: Show off, <laughs> Mr. Chris. Hello. Yes. Okay. Uh, my character is named. <gasps> <sighs> oh. Zahak, Inana Deva, of Clan Merdik. House uh, Shah Ma Sherman. Ravna of the Line of Ellis. Uh, he's a Got
1: <laughs> <laughs> Friends call him.
0: <laughs> yeah, Zach. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love a, a giant name with a tiny nickname. We Zahak, are so good.
4: Zahak is just the first name. Zahak. Zahak. Uh, he's, Zahak, a myst- Zahak he's a mystic. Yeah. So uh, very similar to your classic Dungeons and Dragons style. He's a he's a priest. He's a cleric. Uh, he he has a, a faith uh, and he has his cleric spells and powers. And uh, as a kasatha, he's like a, he's got a big brain. Yeah. He's got a long head uh, and to four arms. Yeah. And he's grey and very tall He's grey? He's grey he's, he's a, gray. S- he's a oh, okay. smart yeah. lithe goro He's
1: a wolf. Yes, mm. he
4: is mm. Exactly
0: that, actually Yeah
4: I yes. did
1: not yes. and where- <laughs> Neither did I uh,
2: That's uh It's Mortal
1: good to Kombat. be on Mortal
4: Kombat
2: ah, I like Ellen right being on the
4: other side of obscure
3: <laughs> references
2: <laughs> Oh no <laughs> I'm right there with you, Ellen Thank you uh, Solidarity
4: where's, where's Zach from? Uh, he is from uh, a ship, the Idari yeah, um, mm. and uh, so his his race of people—they were orbiting a dying star. They're like, oh, no, we're super advanced. Let's get on a ship called the Adari and let's go to this planet that's uninhabited and we'll, we'll get there. And when we get there, we can populate that planet because, you know, we, we're, we're foretold to go there by like mystics and whatever. Hmm. Uh, and then when they got there, they discovered that a whole bunch of other aliens had got there first.
2: Oopsie.
1: <laughs> and they
4: had kind of fallen into a kind of technological regret, not regression, but like stale stagnation mm. while on the ship. Because everything was kind of catered to them, yeah, and, uh, and
3: and the other and the other planet had obviously technologically advanced. So by the time they got there, they were no Gen- longer advanced. <laughs>
1: yeah. You say yeah. that they lived through like the second part of Wall-E. <laughs> yes, yes. yes.
2: <laughs> to a degree. Yeah, they came back yeah. and were like, "We're going to be the best." uh oh. Uh-oh. oh. <laughs> but
0: so they decided what to just stay in their ship. Didn't just, they just they're
4: just in orbit now. Yeah, There's yeah. Nothing
2: I wrong believe staying in your ship, they no. are. Petitioning to be part of the Pact Worlds, but they haven't been let in yet. Yeah, yeah, that's it right. was like a little compromise. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, you can orbit us, but don't come down here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna classify your ship as a world.
1: They can,
3: they sort can enjoy, they, they can enjoy some of the perks mm-hmm. of like being a Pact World protectorate. Uh, but I don't think they're strictly uh, a member
4: of. The yeah, we have prote- we have Pact World Protectorate privileges. Yes. Um. I wonder how the plosives are going to feel on the, in the edit
1: there. Um, Say that five times yeah, fast. Oh, <laughs> thanks.
4: Uh, but yeah, no. So um, yeah, he, he's a he's a cleric boy with a big head and a long name. <laughs> Great. Excellent. And long head, uh, long name. Zahak. 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 Or Zach. Or Zach. Zach. People really much Zach attack. That's not
3: correct. And uh, <laughs> karma. Let's hear a little bit about your character.
2: Hello. So my character is technically uh, is named Nick Nick. Nick Nick. But uh, he's only known as Pinch. Only his mother calls him Nick Nick, uh, and she's dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But he he is a Yosoki, so essentially a humanoid rat. Standing at about three and a half feet tall. Jeez. So regular rat size. Um <laughs> what? <laughs> in, in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> New York. But he is an operative uh so he's, you know, a, a rogue type. He's very sneaky. He's uh he's a, a tacky boy. <laughs> sneaky attacky. An
1: attacky boy or a tacky boy, like uh, he just
2: sticks to everything. <laughs>
1: Or he has bad
3: taste. Yeah. 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 A sticky rat. Terrible
1: <laughs> texture yeah. Also, Awful. that.
2: Um, Do not touch this rat. One, one stuff. And he is from Akaton, which Akaton. is uh, basically a desolate desert planet with uh, all sorts of radiation and crime running rampant through it. How
0: good. So, New York. It's,
2: it's, yeah, that's right.
0: It's like, a, <laughs> Sorry, it's like a fantasy Mars, I think, about it, because it's like mm. one past the missing Earth-like planet, and it's mm. red. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's mostly desert. It's got ice caps, but then it's just desert everywhere else. There's pretty much no law. Um, yeah. The government has essentially crumbled, and it's mostly pseudo-run by by mobs and things like that.
3: Acton was also one of the most prolific... Planets in mm. the packed world and that they used to be responsible for a lot of the uh, the petroleum that, or the the yes. the, the energy that was used. Uh, they have the huge
2: mines, yeah. that are still technically running, but now leaking radiation. So. Yeah,
3: and then once uh, drift travel, so Starfinder's version of hyperspace, basically, was invented. Then uh, their d- petroleum deposits pretty much came obsolete. And mm. They're like, well, we're no longer one of the kind of the big boys of uh, the. There's no worlds. need for
2: fuel anymore, so mm. yeah. pack them up, boys. Pretty much, the site's closed. <laughs> <laughs> and they all I th- talk like this, she <laughs> yeah.
3: And I think uh, the the important thing as well is, um, in terms of the um androids, as androids have a big uh, part of their law um as well. Do you want to talk about uh, a bit of the
1: android law that we know about? Oh, as in, uh, so just androids, androids in general? Yeah, yeah, androids are a kind of um, they're humanoid. Obviously, they are not. Cyborgs—they're their own race um, of kind of a mixture of nanites and also a kind of organic system that allows them to to live. Um, and they have been created. Uh, a lot of their lore has been kind of lost to to time. There's a lot of speculation of where the first android came from, but mainly they were known as uh, cheap labor created in Croatia's, um, and essentially a, a slave race for for a time. Um, until there was an android uprising. And uh, now we we live in a world where, um, or we live in many worlds rather, <laughs> uh, where the androids have been granted a full citizenship of the Pact world. So they have gained their own independence and now exploring lives, uh, you know, out- outside of servitude. Um, there are obviously still uh, illegal, you know, operations of, of people um you know, building androids for for labor. But, uh, you know, that's legal stuff's going to happen everywhere, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: A, a lot of um, things have been uh, thrown around in terms and that, and I'll get into that in a moment. But uh, in terms of these four characters in this uh, campaign or adventure path, as it were, is that uh, the four of you are a part of a, a crew together, a crew that work together, live together, and may die together. Um, but hopefully not. Could uh, happen. But you are, a, you are a crew, reminiscent of uh, uh, one of my favorite bits of media, Firefly, um, is that you are a crew that's kind of um, working job to job and just trying to make ends meet, keep yourself flying. You are strange bedfellows and you've found yourself, uh, for, for better or for worse, um, working together on one ship. And that ship I'm going to uh, leave to fill... Talk about uh, what the ship is, what it's called, and why am I uh, deferring to you to talk about it?
0: Uh, because Clink built the ship. Clink built and operates this ship with his crew. It is called the No Wrong Answers, <laughs> a little reference to his love of choice. <laughs> the idea behind him uh, having the ship and building the ship is that uh, he grew up on uh, very poor in the spike, which is the very poor part of Absalom yeah. Station. The lower class sector of Absalom yeah. Station, yeah. And he... The thing about being poor is it narrows your choices. So, the way he thought that he could, you know, get more choice in his life was to make his own ship. So, he has cobbled this ship together from pieces in in bot scrap until it is you know worthy of a trading license and space worthy sort of his baby his creation uh, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. it's 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 got that kind of it's got the scrappiness of a of a a small crew doing small jobs, you know, you have to bang things to stop them humming and, <laughs> yeah. you know, bits are cribbed off other starships How and that, that sort thing of thing. How is that thing flying? <laughs> yeah, it has that kind of wing and a prayer kind of idea to it. So, yeah, that's the no wrong answers. Uh, it is a Cavalari Collective venture. So the Cavalari Collective make just a lot of very mass-produced ships. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and this one is, is you know, one of their kind of base models, but it's been kind of heavily modified over the years.
3: So I'll give a quick primer uh, to those who are unfamiliar with Starfinder, just in the world that we find ourselves in, because we've, we've thrown around terms like uh, the names of the races. Packed worlds and a couple of planets, and so you might be a little bit unfamiliar on how to contextualize a lot of that. Um, so, the main conceit um, and the main kind of driving force behind Starfinders is that uh, so, this world, um, as you might gather, is a continuation of Pathfinder. Pathfinder is a, I would just. It, very simply a fantasy alternative to D&D. And so Starfinder sits in the same universe but millennia into the future. The way they work around that is there was this event called The Gap. And The Gap was an event itself that stretched a millennia, a few millennia. They're actually unsure on the length of time but it is a time in history within the whole universe where no one remembers anything. Years since then are known as AG. So, instead of BC and AD, it's AG, meaning after the gap. So, zero AG was a moment that all collective consciousness woke up, became aware that they were existing um, and that they had been this entire time. So, for all intents and purposes, they had been living before that, but essentially, minds had been completely wiped. They were... Aware of their names, they knew how to do things like, I don't know, brush their space teeth um, and how to talk and their languages <laughs> and, yeah, and everything <laughs> such as that. But they had no knowledge of anything other than that. Th- they might know, oh, this is my partner. I can't remember how we met or anything, but I know that we are together. Our photographs are blurred. History books are vague, if not completely erased.
0: And sometimes they change between checking them.
3: Yes, mm. and it's it's this uh it's this instance where they go to the gods because gods exist, magic exists, technology exists, all in harmony together. They go to the gods and they say, "Yo, what gives? <laughs> why why hey. don't we remember anything?" And the gods go, "Hmm, <laughs> they we
0: know they're not saying
3: exactly." Yeah, yes. one of the other things that became uh, uh very apparent very quickly is that something was missing, and that something was Galarian. That Galarian was the central planet within what was known then as the Galarian system, which will be known as the Pact Worlds later. But Galarian was the setting for Pathfinder. And that planet was just gone. An entire planet erased. And in its place was the, what would become the central hub of the Pact Worlds known as Absalom Station. Think the Citadel from Mass Effect. Again, this is something that the gods are not saying anything about. They're saying <laughs> Galarian be safe, Galarian be existent. <laughs> But Galarian, not for you anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sorry, you didn't subscribe to the
2: Galarian uh, <laughs> DLC.
0: They have, they have explicitly said that it is safe and it exists. Yes, it's just been they...
2: moved to Space Plus.
0: Yeah. It's just gone to uh,
2: the space
1: paddock uh, to brave yeah. planets <laughs> run around happy and free. <laughs> you know, adopted by a lesbian couple uh, who love it very much.
3: <laughs> from, a, from a meta perspective, this allows uh, Paizo um, and the writers to basically do whatever they like with both Starfinder and Paizo. Pathfinder and not have it cross. They don't necessarily okay. have to explain it. Um, and uh, heretofore, well, uh, heretofore and since the reason behind the gap has not been explained, mm-hmm. it is there for anyone to figure out. Uh, spoiler: We're not going to be figuring it out <laughs> <Yeah>. this season. <laughs> Let's
2: crack, what, crack a it bit above pay grade. Let's crack
0: the central mystery yes. of the Woo! entire
3: setting. It's a, a, a bit above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, we have a thing called the Packed Worlds. So, uh, everyone within uh, the Galarian system, once drift travel was established, which was the hyperspace, uh, hyperdrive um, functioning for their ships, they came into contact with a, another race from the vast, which was called the Vesgarium. Lizard folk, lizard people. War ensued for a very, very, very long time. Um, and eventually they decided, um, no, the swarm came in. That's yeah. when the Pact World, yeah. So if they fight for uh, 200 years. Veskarian
0: was first, swarm came later. Yeah, no, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the Vesk
3: and the Pact Worlds fight for 200 years, and then the swarm comes in, which is not unlike the swarm from the Halo series, basically. Mm. Um, mm. And they finally have a mutual enemy, realize they should probably work together sign a treaty that fits as, like, a a way to have mutual defence, to um, work together both from a a social and political and cultural standpoint, and slowly following suit with all the other planets within the Pact worlds. And this is kind of the world in which we find ourselves. It's
0: one solar system with about eight or nine planets. Yeah. All of them have some kind of their own kind of quirk culture or Mm -hmm. quirk. Most are inhabited in some way, or at least their moons are. So there's like, just in this one solar system, there's loads of cool locations. Yes. Mm. There's
3: many places to explore. Literally, Starfinder. It's about adventure. It's about going and finding the stars. I'm going to
1: be Ash Ketchum. Finding so, all the gonna stars. Going catch <laughs> them all? <laughs>
4: Put them so, in a box.
0: Yeah, I mean, like a, that's just the one solar system. So there's a ton of mysteries just in the one solar system. There's near
3: space and there's the vast. And then you mm-hmm, can keep going
0: yes. to other places as well. So there's loads of stuff to explore. I love it.
1: We'll thank go God to every f- planet. No. Yeah. Or oh, thank uh, Triune, rather for uh, faster than light travel. Mm-hmm. That's uh, really uh, helped things you out. Did, you handy. did us a
3: good and did yeah. us a solid. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So I've
3: talked for long enough, and I thought, um, as we do each episode zero, just chat about a little bit about the influences that we. have or the media that we enjoy when it comes to tackling something like Starfinder. We haven't uh, done, now I can say it, we, heretofore we have not done a uh, <laughs> space sci-fi season. We have tackled uh, sci-fi in, in form with cyberpunk. This is the first time we've jumped to the skies. And I know for myself, this is a huge part uh, of what I like, and what I enjoy about pop culture and media itself. But I'm keen to hear from all of you. Let's jump around the same way. Oh. 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 Elon. on.
1: Um well that was dangerously close to Elon there. Musk. I didn't like that. Did not like that. <laughs> um everyone knows the the worst thing you can say to me is call me Elon Musk. It's the worst thing. I coined thing. it. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I guess I I like a lot of sci fi things, but I'm pretty I, I'm I'm pretty narrow to the to the forms of media I've engaged with, mainly because sci-fi tends to be, not always, but a lot of sci-fi out there is very long running um, and I'm low on time. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love any kind of space rebellion or, um, you know, exploring the skies. Um, I... Really, really love Mass Effect um, and I think that's that was one of the things that you know I wanted to draw on for Starfinder, this idea of Mass Effect and, and Firefly both being this idea of you're on this ship together and the people who you fly with and work with, it, it just becomes your family essentially. You have this kind of camaraderie and it's just essentially a, a lot of parallels to seafaring life or, or that kind of thing where any kind of vocation or... Um, lifestyle where you spend your days traveling it really really always becomes about found family and I think that's what was really uh, my central hook yeah. for this kind of Starfinder story. So yeah, and, and
3: you also have written a play about this, the stars and in space as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> well, it
1: won't be. Yeah, uh, it, it, it still won't be out by the time this podcast comes out. It'll be uh, hitting the stages twenty twenty four. It's uh, in the
3: future.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that that play that I wrote was uh, about a world where you can't see the stars anymore. They're privatized. Um, and so, yeah, very drawn to Quite this. I'm literally like, trying
2: to find them. Li- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally,
1: essentially. And so that play as well has got all my favorites kind of sci-fi things in it. A, a, a rebellion, uh, you know, a bit of space, uh, esoteric kind of religion, folksy, poetic kind of thinking. So, yeah, check me out for that. But yeah, mainly for me, it's always about a human story. It's all about what's out there. That's yeah, that's my kind of central tenet. What what else could be out there?
0: Phil, uh, yeah, I love sci-fi. I'm a big sci-fi guy. My usual kind of take on sci-fi, particularly space sci-fi, is uh, what you would call hard sci-fi. So as opposed to something like a like a space opera, Star Wars, you'd probably call a space opera. Yeah, it's something that doesn't rely on physics too hard and has kind of magical elements like the force and stuff like that, I tend to gravitate to things like The Expanse, Mm. uh, Elite Dangerous, uh, the culture novels uh, which are by Ian and Banks which is like about a post-scarcity society which is kind of inspires the name, name of the ship as well so that's my usual kind of take is is like a very very realistic take on, on sci-fi the science in science the fiction the science in science fiction <laughs> I really love the science in science fiction so this is a little bit of a departure for me about how much it blends magic and technology and I have actually gone for a very technology based yeah, character yeah. <laughs> um, but having said Said that I do I'm really attracted to the way they have blended science and, and tech in this. I mean the other one I can think of that does it is the cyberpunk setting for D D what's it called? Um Oh um, Spelljammer? No. no uh, um, uh, it's
3: got the uh, the Warforged in it, um as, oh. as a oh.
0: brain, come on, everyone's shouting at the
1: Not podcast.
0: Us. <laughs> I'll
1: I'll think of it and I'll Head yell empty. it out at some point. <laughs>
0: It's it's I've a cyberpunk game With D&D It's got orcs And and everything Oh you mean um... Everyone Come on <laughs> Shadowrun Shadowrun
4: Oh, oh Shadowrun! So that's what you were saying Sorry, um, yeah. I, I was still Yeah no Okay Yeah I get you <laughs> Oh, I get Sorry, you. Phil, Thank none you. of
1: us helped you there. Oh, I, just I not there in-, in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Run.
0: I think, I think this works better than Shadowrun in terms of the way it's blended uh, science and technology. Parti- I think one of the reasons for that is the scope is much larger. Uh, it's a whole galaxy, and so you can have pure science, pure magic, bit of a mix, and it's all it can all coexist in different places. Yeah. And I just particularly like the imagination displayed in this world, like just within the packed world's... Uh, and the basic races you 've got you know communal minded telepathic insects you 've got communal jellyfish that live in a gas giant and can like merge their brains when they need to tackle bigger problems brottatta uh, yeah, yeah you've got uh,
1: an un- <laughs>
0: <laughs> you 've got a world that was so angry that they built a super weapon that blew up their own planet and torched their own atmosphere. And their Idiots. way out of their way out of that situation was to become necromancers <laughs> and revive their dead population. Eox, Eox. Yeah. Um, I just think there's a lot of really cool imagination on display, um, and it means you can kind of go anywhere and tell whatever story you want. Uh, and I really like that. And you know, there are classes specifically like the technomancer that yeah. that really explore that delineated line between magic and tech. Uh, and the other thing I like about, about the kind of fantasy worlds that this is based on is the reality of the gods. I really like that one. It's just like gods aren't kind of like abstract concepts. They're, they're there. They exist. You they're real. real. You can chat to them yeah. sometimes. You can <laughs> they give you divine powers yeah. if they like
1: you. They're, they're not you abstract. Tech. They give yeah. you cool things. They're a concept. Yeah.
4: They're, they're a practical concept. Yeah. They're, a, they're a being. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they're, 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 even,
0: they're even like more.
1: <laughs> they're just down the street. <laughs> who have ascended
0: to Hello. Godhead yeah. as well. So, yeah. yeah, I really like that as well. It gives a kind of interesting dimension to, to the roleplay and to the world and the stories you can tell. Oh, and the other, the other thing I think is very cool about the pack Worlds is there's just a Cthulhu planet. It's just an egg. Don't
1: go there. It's <laughs> just it's just an
0: egg that will one day probably maybe hatch into an old one. It's just that's, like that's Octone, isn't
1: it? Octone. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: The Stranger. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they've got a bit of everything, and yeah. I think it's blended really well. So that's why I'm excited.
3: If, if you can't tell, feel feel like other sci-fi. It's yeah. almost yeah, like yeah. there's
1: no wrong answers in oh. Star. Oh. Oh.
3: Speaking of no wrong answers,
4: Chris. <laughs> oh.
3: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at
4: airbnb.com slash host. What an interesting segue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're always right. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Don't (laughs) don't know about that one. Um, I love sci-fi for ostensibly the opposite reasons Phil does. I think Phil approaches, and we've talked about this in previous mm-hmm. podcasts. Phil looks at sci-fi and sees like boundless opportunity as like you know, uh, post scarcity is, is something that you often talk about mm-hmm. as like uh, Star Trek and and that sort of uh, that sort of idea. I go the complete opposite. I love to see uh, how human beings can be messed up and disgusting and awful to each other. In new and exciting in different ways. Uh, And I I love sci-fi as a way to do that. So some of my favorite, like, science fiction is uh, Alien and Aliens. Uh, That whole thing happens because of a breakdown of capitalism, right? It's like, it's consumerism. It's this, we're going to put profit above people. And it doesn't matter what the actual reason is. It's about the need to consume. Um, Predator, again, a a perfect allegory. Then we have things like um, Battlestar Galactica, Mm. the threat is not the outside uh, that's coming at them, but the internal. Who's the enemy? So, so that's the the real threat is is who can you trust? You've got all this scientific knowledge and all of the you you're flying in space and isn't that cool? But realistically, it's how you relate to other people. Mm. It's uh, Warhammer 40k. You know, in the in the the deep reaches of, of time. Humanity has d- declined and is at threat. You know, it's only war. Um, it's Starcraft, human beings betraying each other so the alien species take over each other so that human beings can try and take advantage of that, take over to exploit each other. It's all of that sort of stuff. That's what really gets me jazzed about it. Uh, it's the, um, it doesn't matter how far into the future we go. It doesn't matter how much we technologically evolve unless we solve the interpersonal problems or our inside, like, Narrative: We're always going to harm each other. Uh, what's the What's the great uh, film? Uh, it's not a great film, but it's a, a really ex- excellent. Up. Uh, it, <laughs> Up is great. It uh, is a good film. Uh, it's Wally. The <laughs> one where they go to uh, Event Horizon. Oh yeah, uh, Event Horizon yeah, is, is Cathedral another. ship. Yeah, that that to me is like great sci-fi. Um, uh, Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix, mm. uh, oh. while is hit and miss. Like nobody's business when it hits it, and it and it hits right for me. It is about the uh, inter of each character and, and rather than technology taking the focus, technology reflecting the humanity that each human being has. Uh, one of my favorite stories in that is, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the, and Carmen, you and I watched it together, the one with the blue, what's it called? Um, it's like data... Delta Blue or something like that.
1: Uh, yeah, I can't help you. I've seen the animation. It's cool. It's, real, it's,
4: it's really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Exactly. No, okay. <laughs> a, 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 an artist becomes yeah. like really prolific mm-hmm. uh, and uh, is actually a – has always just been a little um, – It's like
2: a pool cleaner. It's a pool
4: cleaner that has evolved over time. A pool cleaning time. robot. That has evolved over time and built a consciousness into itself that becomes an artist. Oh, right. Oh, and okay. then at the end of the story, spoilers for those who haven't seen it, rejects its own humanity and just goes, I want to be a cool pool cleaner again. I want to re- like lose everything. And let return. me scrub tile. Yeah, let, yeah. let, let yeah. me return to my base needs, um, which is just really f- freaking cool. So that to me is uh, space is terrifying space is humanity reflected back at itself the the if you stare into the void this void stares back into you that's that space for me it's uh it's a dark scary place and uh when you're alone on a ship the only people that you've got are yourselves and that is sometimes not a good thing that's so
1: funny because i think again chris and i are like diametrically opposed in that we love the same stuff but we are at Like the yours is space is endless and that's scary and I'm space is endless and that's really beautiful. (laughs) Two sides, eh? Karma. (laughs) Yes, sure. (laughs)
2: Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think interestingly, I probably have a foot in both camps in as far as that goes um, because I love I love sci-fi, but I love it for kind of opposing reasons in different ways and I can I can kind of lean either way with it like I do love the idea that humanity as long as we go on we're still just gonna make the same problems just in weirder ways <laughs> more intent more bigger ways like more you know far-reaching ways um, we'll do it on earth and then we'll do it wherever else we end up but at the same time I love just like the wackiness of a silly space operay weird aliens like ridiculous cultural norms of other species and stuff like that um so similarly you know things like love death and robots and then um you know warhammer and things like that where it's just you know here's the intense psychological side of things but at the same time i love you've got things like the orville where it's just comedy (laughs) based yeah um and and of course um my intense love uh animals uh where you've got kind of both as well you've got ridiculous shit happening but then you've also got you know just like the the trauma and the, you know the ser- the seriousness yeah. of the situation and the idea that you're having to save entire species and and make like planet altering decisions and things like that so i think both interest me in different ways and i do really like that this game has all of those options and everything in between it is um kind of like like Phil said you know there's a Cthulhu planet, there's there's so much. There's everything you could possibly want. You can lean in either direction. And I think I chose a similar thing where I went quite reality-based um, in terms of, like, not, not getting into the magic side of things very much and sticking to, like, the, the tech and the guns and things like that. But at the same time, it can still be ridiculously wacky. Um, you know, I'm a talking rat who can <laughs> who can put his entire gun in his mouth. Like, that's... Silly, and I love it so.
0: A- and he will, and yeah.
2: oh, and oh, he will.
0: <laughs> it really and, unlocks the imagination, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely, mm. yeah. absolutely.
3: So. so, I need to put all that into one adventure. Great, <laughs>
4: <Go> on, <sorry. laughs> easy peasy, Satisfy everyone.
0: No pressure. Um,
3: and it's and it's kind of fascinating because uh, obviously I I can um, relate to um, a lot of those uh, uh, being uh, talked about at the table, but similarly to how I approached uh, pulp Cthulhu and the ad- action adventure. Um, realm. That's exactly what I love about sci-fi as well is that at its, like, core and at, honestly at its most popcorn-y, it's just fucking go out and have an adventure <laughs> in space. Mm. Why the fuck not? And it's pure escapism in a lot of ways as well because you can come at sci-fi from, like, two, like, I'm being very rigid but two like distinct angles like it's either going to be like we want to make you think about these social political themes and see how it's an allegory for what's happening today like think about it and that's great um, or it's you know just shut your fucking brain off for two <laughs> hours and just think about like rats in space um, and that's like awesome and often it's a blending of the two mm-hmm. but I, I just love that ability just to be able to like escape into a universe that will never come to pass at least not in my lifetime. It's
0: the guardians of the galaxy balance isn't it? Exactly yeah. that Like
3: and, and that's, that's been a big influence for me as well in terms of tonal balance mm. yeah. um, and, and how to like uh, because for me as well you know you can have to me a lot of the uh, the fun and the playfulness that comes from those sci-fi adventures is how you relate to the characters and how you get emotionally invested then throw those characters in something that's a little bit more stakes heavy or a little bit um, just heavier in general and that's where like I think it really kind of just simmers and brews into a nice sci-fi pot. For myself uh, Star Trek is a big one um, from the video game aspect. Mass Effect is a A humongous influence for myself. And it's tattooed on my body. So, Firefly um, is another (laughs) one. Just For me, it's about finding relatable characters that I want to see go on big, huge adventures and hopefully not die. Mm. Um, And that's what, what gets me jazz is the ability to tell a story where people could just escape into a world for a couple of hours and feel like they're being drawn along with it. And just to go, oh, like, imagine if that was me. Imagine if that was me on a spaceship in space or being faced with a Cthulhu monster or I'm obsessed with, like, using rat people. as an analogy now. (laughs) (laughs) Using rat people.
1: Um They're called Italians, all right? (laughs) Exploring. I can say that. I can say that.
0: (laughs) Or, like, exploring an ancient vault from a lost civilization, Mm. you know, that's got some kind of, like... Terrible virus or, or transcendental tech. It could be anything, right? That's
3: it. And it's so funny how you can make what would seem like such astronomical stakes in a more grounded... Uh, story can just be a Tuesday in mm-hmm. in sci fi yeah. land, right? Like yeah. a a world eating virus. Oh, we did that last week again. <laughs> yeah. you well, know, I
4: was just about to say. Speaking of last week, the thing that you and I have been doing, Sean, for the longest time in this podcast was Futurama.
2: Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Which is Big what we have up. <laughs> but is is
4: one of the most kind of popcorn-y, monster of the weeky, low stakes, even high stakes, but kind of low consequences. Yeah, yeah. The planet mm. got overtook by brains, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's exactly stress. right. It's but the sitcom we'll of, of returning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. returning, yeah, returning to the quo. Go on go. deliver a deliver a package to Ebola Five, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the virus planet, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: And that and that in itself has has a really nice blend between you know the yeah. the the funny and the the absurd and just really hard hitting stakes sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I I like what you said, Phil, about really unlocking the imagination because it's true. Once you head to a, a setting that's not known to us, you know we mm-hmm. you know a, a fantasy setting, go out. And and meet in a tavern or go out into the forest, have an adventure. We kind of know those things. We know forests, we know taverns, um, and because it's kind of a, a loose medieval setting, sometimes you know people get really hardwired in the you know what's hard fantasy, what's soft fantasy, and you get the things of like. Oh, I like Game of Thrones, but why do they have dragons or what? You know, like that kind <laughs> yeah, of thing yeah. where it's like just accept it all, man. But mm. you know, when you get so far removed that it is like, oh yeah, a planet just full of brains. You step mm-hmm. everywhere, there's a brain. <laughs> um, you know, like you can just completely take away that sense of oh, well, how does it work like that, <laughs> or the physics of that planet. Shh, sh- don't worry about sh- it. Sh- accept the adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Accept it go with it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like, everything is possible.
0: I like the point that, you know, that the, the sci-fi that a lot of us like is character driven. And when you play a tabletop RPG, the central thing is <laughs> your characters, right? That's what bonds you together as a play group, and that's what drives a story forward. And so that's great for telling this kind of swashbuckling adventure mm. is is focusing on the characters and putting them somewhere interesting.
3: And and what's gonna be interesting about how we tackle Starfinder and how anyone tackles Starfinder is as we've mentioned, there is kind of endless customization in terms of the kind of story you want to tell which for some people can be frustrating for some people can be really liberating it depends on the kind of games you like and and what you enjoy and how you like to tackle it but it does mean that you know as we've stated you can literally have an eldritch um, adventure if you want to or you can have like a a Firefly mission to mission to mission sort of adventure and both work within the scope of and that's why political
0: intrigue yeah yeah, mm, and that's that's the
3: purpose of you know games like Starfire and D&D is that they're deliberately designed to have more of that clean slate that you can impose your story and your wants and needs onto it. It does make like my job more... It took me <laughs> so... Like I will say right now, and I'll talk about this in the post-season more, but it took me a long time to figure out where I was going to head with this story. And once mm. I cracked it, mm. it-, it, it was like the- the- all the gooeyness just came out. But like
1: mm. trying to... <laughs>
3: Trying to
4: crack that egg was such a difficult task. Oh, I'm not s- the
1: stranger egg. I'm so oh. glad
4: you cracked the egg. We are ready to feast on the gooey insides, Please Sean, do. I'm ready. Look I it like
1: up. mine scrambled. <laughs> mm. Yum. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs>
0: imagining a Cadbury's cream egg, but that's okay. Same.
1: Same.
4: <laughs> Same I scrambled too. Not,
1: uh,
0: ah.
3: In terms care. of the story itself, I don't really want to give too much away, but okay. there are a few things that we kind of need to um, set up. Um, as a bit of a a, a primer for those of you coming into the season. First of all, as we've established, uh, the four of you are a a working, living crew, um, potentially with um, ideological and um, personality differences, but it works. I would say that you have been working together for at least a year. Like you are you are knowledgeable with each other. Um, for those playing along, uh, we're starting at level three. Um, so, these are level three characters, just so that they have a little bit of experience behind them um, from a narrative perspective. Um, these are people that have gone on adventures, have fought things and done things. They're not just coming brand new uh, into the world. Um, and just from a player perspective, it's fun to be able to unlock the game a little bit more and and allow my players to like enjoy some of the fruits um, that are given to them as the characters unlock and mm-hmm. level three, similar to D and D, is just where things start to crack open a little bit more. To keep mm-hmm. that, that egg, egg, egg analogy going. <laughs> Secondly, well, before I get onto that, Ellen, yeah, can you talk to me about um a little bit about what we have discussed in terms of um. Do you want to talk about it now or do you want to talk about it yeah, in-game? Yeah, sure. Um, in terms of how we've think- played with the um, android lore a little bit.
1: Yeah, because the android lore, given that they've potentially lost a lot of their history due to the gap, but then also, you know, being a kind of labor force, there's, a, there's a kind of a lot of question marks over androids, but we know one thing about them is that their bodies, um, you know, are kind of biomechanical and that, create, that attracts a soul. They are living things with a soul. Um, and once an android, an android does not age, but around the end of a essentially normalish life cycle, they can uh, they essentially choose to surrender their body to a a new soul that will come in, not giving them internal life, but essentially this this kind of um, it's it's the end of an android's life cycle, similar to you know s- similar to to procreation. Yeah, it's called you know? renewal. Yeah, renewal. Oh. Me kind of creating a character. Um, thinking about sci-fi and how I like to use sci-fi to explore very human ideas, um, mainly about death. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, what if, uh, what if there was an android that was dying? Not, you know, not this sense of renewal, but the the idea that perhaps this their soul and their body was was somehow not going to make it, um, and how you would explore that in a in a sci-fi system where it seems like everything is possible, but the reality is, some things are still finite. Some things still happen to you. Wonderful things may happen to you, but shitty things may also happen to you. Everything is possible, um, and and that's kind of how I went about creating Arda. So she, uh, she, they interchangeable has a, a some sort of uh, something wrong essentially with their with potentially their body and their soul and the idea. We were of-
3: saying that um, she it it. We were saying that it's kind of um the fact that she can feel renewal actually happening.
1: Yes. Um, uh,
3: it's it's slow like it's this idea of oh, I can feel this process slowly happening without my consent. Yeah it's just like I oh, it's that idea of slowly dying. It's like you see- can feel that,
2: seeping out. Yeah. The yes.
3: pull of the mm-hmm. soul.
2: Yes,
1: that it's that it's a change happening upon yep. her that is not not something of her choosing and it's not necessarily normal for an android um and there are many questions to be held about that many questions that i'm sure ada has discussed with uh clink being a bit of a medical kind of yeah character <laughs> so what
0: we what we've kind of decided to link our characters together a little bit is we're both from absalom and ada's looking for answers and is a very curious mechanic they would have been the first one of the first kind of people to have met out of the crew and Clink um, is trying to help Arda understand her difference from the rest of the androids, and, yes. like what is what is strange about her, uh, and and where this difference comes from. And mechanically, what I did is I chose like an option for my character where I have technological medic. You can use the knowledge of machines and technology to repair androids and robots. Whenever you attempt a medicine check to assist an android, uh, you can uh, use your engineering skill instead. So that's a way of kind of like justifying that link between them is that through studying Arda and trying to help her understand herself, he has gained a kind of knowledge of androids on a kind of medical level, on an yeah. intimate kind of technological systemic level. Um, so, yeah, they've been sort of working on this problem for a year or two or, mm. if, you know, they haven't got very far they haven't met each other very long, but I think they're the kind of first pair. Yeah. And then that, that drive is like, well, why don't we go out and look for answers mm and get on our ship, we need more crew, and that's where the others come in.
3: Yeah. Are there links between um, the other two characters uh, with anyone else in the ship? Or is there anything else that we want to talk about in terms of um, backstory or anything? Or do you feel pretty happy with where we are?
4: No, other than to say um, that uh, Zahak and Pinch are sort of along for the ride. they they They've got their own agenda and they've got their own kind of like... Personal goals, but they're they're there to help and they're there to you know be uh, ostensibly a rogue and a cleric for the party um, to be part of the ship to 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 go exploring and and uh, yeah yeah
0: make yeah. some credits yes. make some credits yeah, go yeah.
4: And get those Absolutely. credits
2: man. I think it was kind of two couples that have come together as as um knowing. Each other beforehand. Two um, duos, yeah, yeah. 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 Not, yeah, not couples, couples, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean. <laughs> just, I was just uh, clarifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I knew what you meant, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Two, two duos uh, <laughs> yeah. coming. An Android to-
3: and a shit. <laughs> I say. Oh my!
2: The scandal. Scandal. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Two. Two duos, kind of coming together in it. In it for some. Adventure and some cash. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah
3: and and it's also worth noting, uh, just as as we're like heading towards um the end, is that a big part of Starfinder, which will be incorporated into this season spoiler, uh, mm-hmm. is Starship Combat? And Starship Combat is a massive game within Starfinder itself, even though, obviously, Starfinder does share a lot of uh, DNA with d and and with Pathfinder, and you'll note that in a lot of the mechanics. They incorporated Starship Combat, which is its own little mini game with rules, um, with rules and with rules and with rules. <laughs> and that is something that we'll be uh, looking to explore and have fun with. And in such, uh, we have kind of loosely attached a Starship role to, to each person on the ship, um, in terms of where they would naturally sit, uh, there are five roles um, generally within uh, the ship itself. But I'll, I'll just get each of you just to quickly say what role we had talked about. Uh, the four of you um, grabbing, and we'll see where that kind of um plays out as turns of the campaign. Um, let's actually go the other way. (gasps) Oh my. Uh, Karma. uh, Where does, where does Pinch kind of uh, find himself?
2: Yeah, well, Pinch is, um, actually an interesting one because he is technically the pilot, but is also, uh, the gunner. So, um, depending on what's needed at any specific moment, um, kind of thing. But, uh, I, I would say gunner is his, uh. His default position—that's yes. why he likes to be down there with the, um, you know, the turrets and everything like that. Um, but is also keen to do some sick burns in space. <laughs> some
0: oh. nice <laughs> show off a bit. <laughs> Your donuts,
1: evasive
2: yeah. maneuvers.
0: <laughs> uh, Zahak, drift. Um,
4: Zehak Inana Uh likes telling people what to do. Uh, so <laughs> right. he does take the captain role occasionally, but also he's he's not above getting on a gun and firing it. Yeah, any ships. Uh, so typically he'll be find uh, be found leering over someone uh, trying to help, sometimes getting in the way, uh, and then occasionally being put in the pilot's seat when there's nothing hard to do. Uh, but typically you'll find him on the guns.
3: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see where you know technically it's Clink's ship, but Clink uh, does not a captain make necessarily, mm. and so he seems <laughs> does not
0: have a good Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
3: it kind of just made sense for someone else to to take the helm in in that sense, so to speak. Uh, speaking of Clink,
0: yes, Clink uh, as a mechanic he spends most of his time in engineering. Uh, so that's all to do with like boosting the shields, getting more oomph from the engine, uh, improving manoeuvrability, that sort of thing. Yeah, he also has some piloting skills. You know, he's he's flown the ship for a while. He built it, so he doesn't know how to fly.
1: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: But yeah, he's he's most happy when he is in the engine room. (laughs) Him and Dex. I
3: I love that. It's a fine-looking ship I've made. Can't fly it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wish I could go anywhere (laughs) in it.
1: like i there are definitely those people yeah.
0: There's people with sports cars who cannot drive no
1: and, <laughs> and shouldn't and uh, and, uh, are they? uh so uh, being a technomancer and an android um, most of my my ability scores are kind of high in intelligence so um uh, i figured it best for for them to be in the the kind of uh, tech officer role and they're the they're the people it, when you see like a sci-fi film they're the people uh, just uh, touching invisible screens <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Um, You know, oh, no, Captain, they've got the... Blurgentine. Uh, better reroute the shields. Um, yeah, <laughs> I need just to change of- the name
3: of my thing now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the Blurgentine. Thank you. That's uh, Ellen yeah, Graham. The, the, original uh, the, the, <laughs> the science
3: officer in the Starfinder yes, rulebook. Yes, the science yeah.
1: officer. So, uh, yeah, you can reroute shields. Uh, you can scan other uh, approaching ships for weaknesses. Um, yeah, just kind of like your, your, your man behind the screen, essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sensors and, yeah, all yeah. that good stuff, yeah.
3: All I'm going to say... As we wrap up is that um, as as usual, as in most seasons of to uh, Cast, we kind of have a, a protagonist or someone that the story uh, follows and uh, the, this is going to be an, an artist story um, in terms of the protagonist. So that is, that is the little teaser uh, that I'll give the listeners um, at home or on your commute and what you can expect uh, mm-hmm. from this season. But that kind of wraps us up um, in terms of episode zero. We have our players, we have our story, we have our game, um, and all that stuff we really do. It, yeah, just I to, just to start. Yeah, you make sure you have dice, please. Yep. <laughs> oh, damn.
2: I forgot mine. Yeah, <laughs>
3: But uh, until, until next week when we are going to uh, crack on to Starfinder Among the Dust. Ooh. Until that time, I have been uh, Sean, your GM.
4: I've been Ellen,
1: playing Arda Prime.
0: I've been Phil, I'm playing
4: Clink. I'm Chris. I'm playing Zahak. I'm not going to go through the whole name. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'm Karma playing Pinch. Hey, See you next week. Bye. See you, on the other side.
3: you have been listening to Among the Dust, which is a Roll to Cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash roll to cast. Starfinder and all associated properties are trademark of Paizo Incorporated, authorized through Paizo's community use policy.
0: I think it will be Sean, actually. Yeah, I think it
3: will too. This is Roll to Cast Season 8, Episode 0,
1: Starfinder, I Barely Know Her, Um, 10 Seconds of Silence.